This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's our weekly hockey podcast with Seth Rorba, who joins us as our beat writer that covers the Pittsburgh Penguins at Trib Live here at the Fans First Network. You can read Seth's work at Trib Sports throughout the course of the week. He's at practice today as the Penguins get set to take on the St. Louis Blues and New York Islanders over the course of the weekend. The Islander game on New Year's Eve at 6 o'clock, right before the festivities downtown. Seth, at practice today, was there a lot of residual discussion, a lot of residue from what took place against the Islanders earlier in the week with the 7 to nothing win, the shutout for Jari, all the points for Latang Was that very much still the talking point? Uh, not especially. I mean, there was some discussion maybe uh, on Thursday's practice, but uh, as far as Friday's practice, it just was uh, more just about you know some of the comings and goings as far as guys coming in the lineup. But uh, no, certainly uh, what happened with the Islanders game, uh, I, I think that was unexpected for a, on a lot of fronts uh, for the Penguins and the Islanders. So, I mean, it was still uh, uh, when, we, when you're talking about a guy like Chris Letang, you know, breaking a record that you know some guy named Wayne Gretzky held, uh, you know, for fastest six a point, uh, six assists. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. So, um, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about that one for a little while still. Yeah, it is kind of funny, isn't it, that you know a guy who's known to be a good offensive defenseman and always has had that reputation. You have one sort of lightning bolt game, and then that opens everybody's eyes up to what he's done throughout his career and even throughout this season. Yeah, I mean, and, and oddly too, I mean, he's a guy that's probably being asked to play a more defensively-minded role or oriented role uh, than he has been in years past, meaning he's no longer the de facto number one defenseman. Um, he's kind of sharing that mantle, uh, at least in 5-on-5 five five play with Eric Carlson right now. So um, he's seeing less ice time. He's being asked to maybe take on a few more uh, defensive assignments and um, even with that backdrop, he goes and sets a, a record for most assists in a single period by a defenseman. Uh, and again, like I said, breaks a record that Wayne Gretzky held for you know 43 years, I think, if I if I, my math is correct. So um, he's still very capable of uh, contributing offensively, even while he is uh, um, still playing a pretty responsible overall two-way game. 
It was late in the game. It was out of hand. It was the only goal in the third period, but Pustinen gets his first. Uh, what's he going to add, do you think, as this season rolls along? Um, just depth, I think. I mean, I, you know, if everyone's healthy, and I know that's always da- a dangerous term to use in hockey, especially the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's you know, on the third line. And you, know, you, know, you might get upset about Terry Pustinen's not playing on the top line, but that's probably a good sign for the Penguins that someone of his – uh, talent uh, enough his production to this point is on the third line. I mean that that speaks to the depth the Penguins potentially could have uh, again with everyone healthy if if that ever you know is actually achieved. So um, and you know, we've seen you know when when the Penguins have had success here it's it, it often comes when uh, they've had depth down in the you know the bottom two lines the bottom defensive pairing anytime injuries have cropped in when when someone steps in the lineup so. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, hey, he's still. This is his, still his first taste of NHL action. I mean, he's a guy who never played professionally in North America until two years ago. He's been World Scores Grant's leading scorer uh, each of the past two seasons. Still trying to figure out the North American game to a certain extent, meaning you know defense. But um, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of intrigue there, and um, no matter where he is, he's. I, I think he can find ways to contribute. And, and frankly, I think he's in the third line right here, right now. Uh, that's that speaks. Uh, very well for where the Penguins would be potentially. How about Ricard Raquel? Is he finding himself? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I talked to him on Wednesday, and he said, you know, I, I think I was doing a lot of these things. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said he thought he was doing a lot of these things that he's, you know, throughout the season in terms of, you know, going to the scoring areas and getting some chances and stuff like that. Um, they just weren't going in the net, and, you know. But the last two games here, he's he's going in the net. He's you know going to high danger areas and. Uh, getting goals uh, and they were two different goals too. the two goals he scored the one in Ottawa was a uh, you know a, a dynamic passing sequence with Sidney Crosby there and the other is just an ugly nasty th- dirty rebound goal uh, and again either goes to the net and you know you, you find offense amazing how that works but um, they were two very different goals and um, to me that that really maybe illustrates very well what uh, the, the diversity uh, Ricard Raquel provides for you he's not just a guy who can do one or two things he can do a lot of things for you uh, very defensively responsible player, a good passer, a guy who can you know do some work for you on the boards and uh, you know find find goals or find offense uh, in and around the net. Maybe kind of like a moving screen, maybe not like a, a solidary screen like the way maybe Patrick Hornquist was, but a guy who can uh, you know provide screens for you on you know in terms of uh, just being the timing and the movement on on on, on offensive sequences. Um, late in that game, uh, late in the game against the Islanders, and here in practice the last two days, he's been working in the slot or bumper roll on the top power play unit. So uh, it, it seems like things are going well for him, uh, at least just in terms of you know finding the back of the net. But uh, if you speak to him, he, he thinks like uh, things were going well for him just in terms of getting chances, uh, even you know through the first two months of the season when he was healthy. Uh, just they just didn't result in goals for him. It is so weird to me that in the 10-2 win over the Sharks and the 7 nothing win against the Islanders, Sidney Crosby had a combined one point. Uh, maybe it's time to trade him. Um, <laughs> start well, loading I mean, up on some draft picks. Is, is that just a, an anomaly, or is there something about like those teams loading up to stop him and leaving nobody on the ice defensively sound enough to take care of business against the other lines? Or uh, I, just, I, I can't really find a legit reason. It's just happenstance, isn't it? It's. Um, I, I think there's maybe a, a few factors that come into play there. I mean, w- when you get a big lead like that, you're probably going to be playing a more even, uh, you know, minutes among your lineups. So Sidney Crosby probably isn't going to be commanding a, 
a lot of ice time in the in the final 10 minutes of the game trying to drive offense or things like that. Uh, so he's probably seen a lot of less ice time in games like that. Uh, there's probably something to be said for teams, you know, focusing on him defensively and maybe leaving up some options on uh, elsewhere in the lineup. In fact, that's one thing Ricard Raquel talked about in terms of playing with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel is that, um, you know, and a lot of times those guys, you know, get all the attention. So at least someone like him, maybe uh, a few more opportunities to collect some offense. So, um, and it, it, it's probably just an anomaly too, to some degree. I mean, hockey's a very random game. I mean, uh, you know, puck goes in off a post or a skate or something like that. It, it's maybe a goal or not a goal. Uh, and, and, you know, just through some really random happenstance, uh, Sidney Crosby managed not to get a single point in a seven goal game. So for his team, so, um, I think he's safe in the lineup. I, I don't think he's uh, <laughs> going to be looking over his shoulder, uh, to see if Jonathan Gruden's doing anything down at Wilkes for Scranton, but uh, no, it's 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 very very odd to put it mildly. Is he going to get it Russ back anytime soon as a line mate? Uh, he is not eligible to rejoin the lineup until January second. Just that's you know part of the terms of being a long term injured reserve as he is. Uh, he did skate here on Friday uh, as his first full time participating uh, in a practice, full practice, uh, full contact, I should say. Uh, uh, since he was injured, uh, I think on December 6th, I think it was. Um, in fact, he actually skated as a, as a fill-in for Redeem Zahorna on the third line as a left winger uh, during practice here. Uh, Zahorna was withheld uh, just a, as a precaution, it seemed like, uh, for an undisclosed illness. So it seems like Zahorna should be able to go tomorrow uh, you know, against St. Louis, I think. And um, But, uh, yeah, Russ looked good. It seems like he's a full go. It's just uh, I don't think he has the uh, procedural clearance uh, as long-term injured reserve. Um, dictates uh, until uh, Tuesday. Seth Rorba with us. Seth, I know it's a coaching cliche, and Mike Sullivan went to it in talking about Jari with the 7 nothing shutout against the Islanders when he said key saves at key times, but I do think there was some merit to that. I thought he made some pretty difficult saves uh, late in the first, early in the second that prevented that game from being like a 7-4 kind of fire wagon win as opposed to a nice, easy, breezy 7 nothing victory. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really get a chance to see many of the saves. I Honestly, I just listened to the game there that night. But, um, uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of uh, the MO of being a starting goaltender, especially for this team uh, where uh, you might not give up all the many chances, but a lot of times you know, the, the chances you do give up are, uh, are high quality, you know, two-on-ones or, you know, breakaways or what have you. So, um, and that's, you know, that, that should not be any surprise to Tristan Jari or Alex Nadelkovic for that matter. I mean, when you're, when you're in net for this, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, and this has been the case going back to when Tom Barrasso was the goalie here. Um, this is a team that likes to play offense. It maybe likes to take some chances and, you know, occasionally that comes at the expense of, uh, you know, giving up quality chances the other way. So, um, no, I mean, in terms of just the workload, uh, 22 saves isn't a ton, but, uh, um, the quality of chances, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, that, that they might have been high in terms of what the Andrews uh, tried to put on Tristan Jari. So what do we expect this weekend then, Seth? Is it Jari comes back off the shutout against the Blues, then Nadelkovich the next night against the Islanders? You would think. I mean, that's generally how most coaches, including the Penguins, operate. You know, if the goalie's on a hot streak, uh, you ride him until he maybe cools off a bit. And, hey, that's how they operate with Alex Nadelkovich here going around Christmas here. Uh, with three consecutive starts, and I think uh, four out of five starts as well. Um, so, I mean, Tristan Jari's coming off a shutout. Uh, it's a home game. Um, uh, maybe you go with him uh, just based on uh, what he did against the Islanders, and uh, presumably you go with Alex Ndelkovic, uh, you know, in the, in the second game. So, 
Um, I, I'm not sure there's necessarily a bad choice uh, with the, either of the goalies right now. I, mean, I think they're both playing pretty well. Um, and they've each put up together a couple of nice little uh, runs, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, in terms of the plays of late. So, And this is this is really by design. Uh, I mean, when they brought in Alex Nedeljkovic, they wanted a, a better option there to challenge for playing time. Uh, to Tristan Jari, uh, at least you know better than what Casey DeSmith ever posed. So, um, and again, going back to depth, uh, talking about the depth throughout the lineup when the Penguins have had success winning Stanley Cups. I mean, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, at least the last two Stanley Cups, the, you know, the depth's been there in terms of having an option, whether it was you know Matt Murray or Mark Andre Fleury. So, um, again, depth's always very key. It's probably maybe no uh, more so uh, in goal because generally you only carry two goalies. So. Um, right now, I don't think there's a bad option for who the Penguins go with in that. That was just, what, a one-off really bad game for the Islanders coming off the Christmas break? I mean, you said that there were some things that were kind of nutty for both teams, both sides and that, that resulted in the 7 nothing final score. But like, I guess the Islanders did benefit quite a bit going into Christmas from the loser point. There's that. Um, but... That just seemed like out of nowhere. That's not what I would expect from them at all. So I, I, I think you, they'll come back. This will be like a 3-2 nail-biter on New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, I, that was very much an outlier of what you'll typically see from the New York Islanders. That's yeah, that's a defensive team. I mean, that's Lou Lamorello running that team. Uh, they are dealing with some injuries on defense. Uh, you know, I think three of their top defensemen, uh, Scott Mayfield, Alan Pellick, and um, Ryan Pollock are all dealing with injuries. So, yeah, I mean, they're a little short-handed right now in terms of – their blue line, but um, they're still a very typically a very sound defensive team. Ilya Sorokin, for my money, is one of the best goalies in the league, and uh, it just struck me as a very odd night for them. Uh, and, and hey, the Penguins aren't going to cry for them. They had to travel to Long Island uh, the day of the game and, and play under less than the ideal circumstances. Coming off the break, at least the Islanders were home. But um, I have to imagine, you know, the next game and the next series of games the Penguins play against the Islanders, you're not going to see, uh, say, you know any of Wayne Gretzky's scoring records being broken once again. And as for the Blues, they're coming in on uh, Saturday night. They've won three in a row going back to before the break, beating Florida, Chicago, and Dallas. Um, They had previously lost a home game to Dallas, but then won two before. I'm sorry, lost to Tampa Bay, but had won two before that. So they're hot. Winners of five and six. Uh, What do we expect from them? They're a mixed bag for me. They've played a little better since they made the coaching change. They fired – Craig Berube a few weeks ago, and um, I, I, clearly a team that wasn't, uh, you know, playing uh, up to its, uh, spec- you know, desires, I guess. But you know, they've been better under Drew Bannister, five one, you know, since he took over as coach. Um, I, again, I, I just don't know what to make of them. I mean, the, the star of their show there right now is Robert Thomas, first round pick a couple of years ago, a guy that they they think they can build a, another cup contending team around. They they sunk a lot of money into him. Um, but uh, you know, they've dealt with some inconsistency or elsewhere on the lineup. You know, Jordan Cairo uh, had something of a, a bit of a public blowout with uh, you know the, the the Blues fans there when he said some you know kind of harsh things about Craig Berube. Uh, I'm not quite sure Kevin Hayes has been up to you know what everyone hoped of him. Uh, Brandon Saw from you know we all know from Gibsonia has you know been okay. Um, just really a mixed bag there as far as. Uh, uh, what they've provided this year. And, yeah, you know, again, they've been a little better since uh, you know, Bannister took over as coach, but um, uh, clearly a team that hasn't op- – you know, kind of like the Penguins, frankly, in a lot of ways. Uh, clearly a team that just hasn't lived up to uh, um, even the most modest of expectations. So 
Um, they certainly had the Penguins number back in what was that mid October or so when they beat them up pretty good. That was one of the Penguins' worst losses of the season, I thought. Uh, but uh, a lot of things have changed for both teams uh, since that time. They are coming to Pittsburgh after playing Colorado on Friday night, so it'll be a quick turnaround for them. Seth, appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and uh, have a good new year. Hopefully you can ring it in in style uh, once you get out of the arena, okay? Sounds good, Tim. You as well. All right, Seth Rorba, our guest as always, our weekly hockey podcast here on Breakfast with Ben's.